UK sales of low alcohol and no alcohol beers have almost doubled in the last five years. Alternative versions of global brands and launches from independent breweries have helped give drinkers an increasing number of options. If we look back at some research from earlier this year, the group IWSR revealed that UK drinkers bought some $454 million worth of alcohol-free and low-alcohol beers in 2021. That's $200 million more than they did back in 2016. And during that period, the curious and determined duo of Bill Shuffelt and John Walker brewed more than 100 test batches of non-alcoholic beer on a small home brewing system, all in order to perfect their proprietary process. In doing so, they went on to start Athletic Brewing. And since starting out, they've gone from being one of the smallest breweries in America to a top 20 craft beer producer. Hello and welcome to the Brewer's Journal podcast. My name is Tim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. How many no and low alcohol beers does your brewery produce? None? One? Maybe a few. Today's guests have produced 50 different alcohol-free beers this year in a range of styles that include lager, stout, porter, IPA, and others. And it's all in the name of reimagining beer and where and when it can be drunk. Like most good stories, Athletic Brewing started with a beer, but one that they describe as a flavourless, watery, metallic, non-alcoholic beer. The unfortunate recipient of this beverage was Bill Shuffelt. He was working in finance, about to get married, and he was getting serious about fitness, and he was searching for non-alcoholic options that could satisfy his taste without compromising his lifestyle. And if it wasn't for that faithful beer, the brewery he went on to co-found probably wouldn't exist today. However, that beer did exist, and it sent Bill on a mission to create a whole platform of delicious, craft, non-alcoholic beers that even the biggest beer lovers would enjoy, anytime, anywhere. And he teamed up with head brewer John Walker, and the rest, they say, is history. But that's enough from us. Let's allow Bill to take up the story. Athletic Brewing kind of emerged out of this place where we wanted to reimagine when and where beer can be drank and who drinks it, when they drink it. So previously, non-alcoholic beer was for very niche and specific occasions and populations. It was for like recovering alcoholics, pregnant women, or other penalty box occasions, essentially when they were out in the on-premise. And... It was, they were beverages people were embarrassed to hold. They would turn the label and hide it. They would put it in a glass. And it it was this really undesirable category that really made so much sense for the modern life. So like in, in my experience, I was a very normal guy, had a job in finance, loved to wake up early, work out. And then I'd either have like work dinners, dinner with friends, drinks with friends, dinner with my wife. And then the weekends was, you know, weddings, barbecues, sports, everything. And like, just like really normal life. But like in that week, there were six or seven potential drinking occasions. And I didn't want alcohol, like 
more than like one night a week really and i found alcohol to be just like low ceiling on this otherwise high performance normal life i was living and i had a huge love of craft beer i'd gone to college in vermont where four of the pioneering like great early regional breweries were within like 20 or 30 minutes of where i went to college so fell in love with beer up there and i love great food my wife is an incredible vegan cook and so like i had this huge love of beer and food and then when i stopped drinking i realized there were just no options out there and when i stopped drinking i was feeling the best i've ever felt in my life i was sleeping through the night i was getting great workouts i was unintentionally losing weight i felt super sharp at work every day and in the social situations i didn't miss alcohol at all as a functional ingredient but i missed having a beer in my hand that i was super excited about and made me feel like i fit in i was having a good time and most importantly to me that paired well with my food and i kind of looked at that and i was like wow you know 50% of people drink one night a week at most and the adult beverage world is missing say half the population and 85% of the occasions where people would probably love a great beer and then so i i was like oh well that's a great economic opportunity and then on the other side i was talking to my wife and my wife had seen this change that i underwent and it was like this transformation where my intellectual curiosity was firing i was always like present and mindful i was getting the best workouts sleeping better losing weight and she's like imagine if what you're doing with yourself you could take to and make accessible to tons of people and you know there are 15 million adult americans who suffer from alcohol use disorder and probably a multiple of that undocumented And so I was kind of looking at a very cool way to make to tackle one of society's biggest problems and make it healthy, aspirational and cool in doing so. And so it was like once I realized that potential impact on tens of millions of lives, that's when I really kicked into full gear on business planning and stuff. In helping start Athletic Brewing, Bill says the brewery caters for more than one type of drinker. I'm just a person of big appetites, big energy and like if I'm out having one or two beers with friends, I'm likely going to have four or five and stay out till everyone's gone home. But it's also I also really didn't love how it felt after one or two beers. I was I'd be missing workouts, I'd eat less healthy, I'd sleep worse and so you know, I cut it out for good and it's been about 9 years. Most of our customers though, like 80% of our customers do drink alcohol at other periods, so it's It's no longer a beer for the sober only. It's beer for everyone, and it just depends on your occasion. And in losing the alcohol, Bill is passionate that this doesn't have to mean you have to lose the variety. Oh, for sure, and that that comes from me just being a total beer lover. And like, I want a beer that fits my mood, my occasion, my food pairing, and everything. Yeah, we like to say brew without compromise. So. like that means both on the quality of the beverage but also on your experience and so yeah my goal is for people to be able to walk into a pub walk into a grocery store in their kitchen at home be able to get the beer that like like be able to look at the alcoholic menu and get anything they want in non-alcoholic basically so get an equally as good option in non-alcoholic and yeah this year in 2022 we've released about 50 total beers year to date um of all different styles from our athletic light lager which is about 25 calories 5 grams of carbs 
all the way to like our IPAs and stouts and stuff, um, which tend to be about half the calories of full strength beers. And much of that innovation Bill attributes to the team led by his co-founder and counterpart, John Walker. I'd like to think I still contribute some good ideas. My counterpart and our other co-founder, John. So I had the original idea for the company, but John is like all the talent in the pair. He is he's a really highly awarded brewmaster. He's probably the most talented person to ever set his sights on non-alcoholic beer. And so even kind of going back to like how we arrived at how we make our beer. Um, so John had won every major craft beer award between GABF, World Beer Cup, and things like that before turning on to non-alcoholic beer. And we basically decided we don't want to use any of the existing technologies out there. We want to own our own facilities so we control every element of quality out there. Like most non-alcoholic producers farm out the most important thing, production and contract brew. Don't even really know who makes it. They don't have any ownership over quality. So we we own and build our own buildings and our teams run everything. And so, yeah, a lot of the recipes are John's, but now we have an incredibly talented brewing team and quality team that like recipes come from everywhere. For example, we were just talking about the Oktoberfest, but that was, we did our first Oktoberfest in 2019 and we were just like, wouldn't it be really great if we made seasonal Oktoberfest for the festival every year? And then, so we've done that three years in a row or four years in a row now. Um, but we did 50 different beers last year. And so, for example, some of the recent releases are, we did the Blueberry Mosaic IPA. We just did a Ready Front IPA, which is uh, supports veterans. And then a Hometown Harvest IPA, which supports local, um, it's like a fall harvest IPA that supports local maltsters and hopsters close to our breweries. So a lot of fun, different stuff. Walker's brewing ability has helped play an integral role in the growth trajectory of athletic brewing. John's been incredible. He, so he came from a brewing background where they were winning a lot of awards, but it was just a local brew pub that didn't even have a canning line. And from there, we've gone from a 20-barrel brew house in our first brewery in Connecticut. So that was the first brewery in the U.S. that was dedicated to non-alcoholic beer, so brewery and taproom. And people came from all over. They would drive halfway across the country to go to our tap room and get a lineup of six different non-alcoholic beers on tap. And then, so we've gone from that and we put a hundred barrel tanks in that brewery eventually. And then we bought a West Coast brewery from Ballast Point in San Diego. And so we've scaled that brewery from 50,000 barrels to 200,000 barrels. And we just finished our East Coast brewery now um, that's about the same size. In brewing their beers, Athletic Brewing use a proprietary process. Yeah, so a, a lot of companies like say the same things, like in terms of like, this is new craft non-alcoholic beer, but really a lot of non-alcoholic beer is still contract brewed, outsourced, and made with the same methods that have been used since the 1970s. It's just reimagined marketing for the most part, we wanted to reconstruct that from the ground up. Um, that's why we built all our own breweries. We have our own teams, quality teams. We go out and select our ingredients in the fields at when the harvests are. And so everything from grain to glass. In terms of our process, we don't use a single machine at the end of the line where 
you know, most non-alcoholic beer is made from full strength beer that gets brewed and then it hits a machine at the end of the line and gets nuked and it, it becomes a lesser than product for the most part. And a lot of the like subtleties and like nuance of fermentation that's in great craft beer and wine is lost in those technologies. So we started with kind of like a first principles approach of like, if those machines worked, there would already be great non-alcoholic beer. So we're going to start with our own all natural process. And it it's really subtle things like time, temperature, pH that we change. And it's like 10 changes across the process. We have three different processes depending on which beer we produce. But yeah, John and I were home brewing in an empty warehouse for about a year on hundreds of batches to refine all those things before we installed the brewing equipment and scaled it up. So we, we think we're coming at the production challenges just from a totally different viewpoint than anyone else has previously. And to do things their own way, they're grateful for having their own facilities. Yeah, it's a big part of owning our own facilities. So it's, uh, for example, like I'm in at our San Diego brewery almost every day and John's at our Connecticut brewery. And we're all walking around with random ideas every day. For example, we released our Chilada Nada, which is a almost like a Bloody Mary type Chilada beer a few weeks ago. But that included 20, I think it was 20 enormous steel vats of Chilada mix, like big spicy tomato mix. And, you know, a contract brewer is probably not going to let you wheel those up to the back door and dump them in their tanks. And like, but we have this, this flexibility in production to either fail or succeed. And it doesn't matter if we dump it down the drain at the end of the day, if it's not what we thought it would be. So having our own facilities is a huge part of our product innovation experience. While they are America's leading alcohol-free craft beer brand, that hasn't stopped Athletic Brewing from wanting to explore other growth avenues too. In October, the brewery announced its expansion into Tesco UK, with the beers sold at 300 outlets across the UK. These listings complement their existing presence at Whole Foods. So Tesco and Whole Foods are kind of a long time coming where um, it, it's been a steady build in the UK and like building real fans of our beers. And so we've been in market for about a year and a half almost. And just like building in bottle shops on trade and really thoughtfully how we build the brand and doing community work, building out our ambassador team. And like, we're not big believers in just sending beer and hope it goes great. Like we go with our beer and like tell the stories, what's important to us and everything. So um, like our Two for the Trails program has made donations for two years in a row in the UK. And Whole Foods was really eager to take our beer overseas because we are almost 5% of their beer category in the U.S. So it's a uh, non-alcoholic beer in Whole Foods in the U.S. is about 8.3% of total beer. And athletics about 47% of that category in the U.S. Uh, nationally. And so we're the number two overall adult beverage just behind White Claw. So bigger than Michelob Ultra, Bud, Bud Light, all those in Sierra Nevada and in Whole Foods nationally. So. They were really our first advocate in getting our beer into UK chains. And so um, huge thanks to Whole Foods. And then Tesco saw the success in market and the building awareness and some of the awards we won. And they asked to take it in for this fall reset. So it's on about 300 Tesco shelves this fall. And as the brewery's presence grows in the UK, so does its team here. So the UK and the European non-alcoholic beer markets, as you know, are much bigger than the US actually already. 
the entire Eurozone is about 10 times the size of the U.S. non-alcoholic beer market. So if our beer is well received, I think it would be really fun for to give both some of our athletic teammates opportunity to work overseas, but also build a more robust team in the U.K. We're going to have about five people like as we exit this year in the U.K., but really hope to add more teammates. And we have a bunch of ambassadors and athletes already on the roster as well. While Bill is hopeful of a long, successful journey for athletic brewing, he says his passion remains simple, and that's getting great beer to those who want it. I don't really have like numbers on a page that are like, oh, we need to sell this many barrels or grow this much. It's all about just getting people the beer they want, giving stable jobs to our teammates. And, you know, I'm kind of customer number one at Athletic. Like when we go around and do our year-end gifts for our top 100 customers every year, I'm always in the top 25. So like as a customer, I just want to keep making awesome beer and beer I want to have two or three times a day and like five nights a week and feel great about having. And so it, as simple as it sounds, we're just planning on doing a lot more of what we're doing and just making our beer more available. Most of our complaints are about beer not being available. So we're trying to fix that. The Brewers Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media, produced and hosted by Tim Sheehan, sound engineering by Ross McPherson, series supervision by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. And special thanks today to Bill Shuffelt of Athletic Brewing. <laughs>